Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Esports Diff, the newest esports-centered podcast where we discuss our opinions on recent news, updates across multiple esports titles of League of Legends, Valorant, Super Smash Brothers, and many more. I'm your co-host, Fobbs, and accompanying me is on the cast is esports enthusiast and longtime friend, Faison. Up. You can catch our episodes every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you can find your podcast. The cast is also timestamped, so you can fast forward to the sections that interest you the most. So we can just get started and right into it. Microsoft. Massive news today. Huge news. I, I, I woke up and social media was just on fire. Everyone was talking about how hyped they were that Microsoft was buying Activision Blizzard for, I think, $68.7 like, like billion to like be exact. And I want to be real, like, it feels like a lot, but at the same time, it really doesn't. When you think of how popular, like, some of these games are and can be, right? Like, Call of Duty, like, massively popular. Huge franchise. Yeah, arguably, like, it's like it's like what started grassroots esports, people, people yeah. say. Like, World of Warcraft, like, not as popular now, but, like, That's it staple. can get there. Yeah. In, 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 like, the right hands, it'll, it'll get back to its peak, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's it. That's all I know. I don't remember any other games. <laughs> uh, uh, they, they also own Candy Crush. Yeah, yeah, I saw that actually. <laughs> yeah, my dad's so excited. Game. Yeah, all of the all of the middle aged moms who don't do anything else on their phones. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's crazy. Like uh, in an article written by New York Times, they talk about how um, Microsoft was going to control Call of Duty and uh, Candy Crush. It'll give Microsoft an edge over Sony, which is one of their biggest competitors when it comes to like gaming and like, you know, the, the gaming space in general. And then it'll also help them against uh, Amazon and Google in the gaming scape so, uh, scope also. It didn't really like dive into like the, the nitty gritty of like how it would. But uh, Phil Spencer, the chief executive of Microsoft Gaming, said that this will help them break into the mobile gaming industry and that this deal is gonna about to take about 12 to 18 months. Yeah, I mean, this. I feel like this is only just the positive for Microsoft, right? Mm-hmm. Activision is probably at like an all-time low valuation right now because of like the multiple sexual harassment scandals and like mm-hmm. you know workplace abuse. You know the whole lawsuit by the uh, California Department of Labor. So like, this was probably the best time to buy Activision. Yeah, especially because their share price is so low. I, I think they're they're buying the um, the share price at like a forty five percent mock up um, of like what they were originally like. Microsoft was down like two percent today, but I think Activision was up like thirty five. Yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> everyone was like like pretty hyped about it, and you know usually like whenever people talk about like Microsoft acquiring anything, it's usually like in like a negative light. Like yeah. in the past, they they were um like a few not too long ago they were talking about like acquiring uh, Discord for like ten billion dollars. And everyone, I feel like, in my, like you know, it kind of like unanimous opinion was just like this isn't a good idea. Yeah, which I, I like, don't, I'm not really sure why. I, I think it was along the lines of like people just thought like Microsoft was just gonna ruin Discord. Which I feel like you can't base your opinion off of one bad endeavor, where like people kind of just assume Microsoft is shit in like the gaming industry as a whole because of Mixer. Yeah, one you know one of their downfalls. <laughs> <laughs> just just but, i mean but granted it was a massive downfall <laughs> yeah it was it was a pretty pretty well fun like it was it was just hard to compete with like with 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 what twitch has got going on but like people just started talking about like i think like paywalls and stuff like that like how they weren't gonna like let discord kind of do its own thing and just kind of like put it under like the tyrannic rule of what like microsoft like like is i guess and like the the human like the community eye 
but everyone was really you know excited for this news to be honest <laughs> i am because i mean let, let's be honest right activision is at an all-time low right like the games mm. themselves have gotten worse Overwatch the new call too. of duty <laughs> uh but but the new the new call of duty uh vanguard i think mm-hmm. the majority reception of the game is that it's bad yeah there's a lot of cheaters right a lot of cheaters and like just the balance in the game is not very good right mm-hmm. and it's priced at 70 dollars. really yeah 70 70 Our traditional games are usually like 60 right and like that's what they yeah, always yeah, been, but yeah what, but no what, I, do you know the cause of the uptick no i actually don't know what do they think is so special? Like what? Bro, <laughs> what I saw I saw it at, like... I saw it at Best Buy. It was seventy bucks. Oh no! And it's no, not. It no. wasn't even. It was the standard edition, not even the game. Like any type of like DLC attached to it or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, like I I've always been the one to kind of hate on Call of Duty esports personally, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> but like seventy dollars for a game that you produce every year. Come yeah, on, maybe like maybe they've lowered it now. It, it, it has to be. Like, I, I don't I know. Assume, I don't know anyone in the right mind who buy that game for $70. But, yeah, I, I know when it first came out, it was 70 bucks, which wow. is crazy. Because, I, I just, like, I just the, don't understand. Activision's biggest thing is Warzone, right? But Warzone mm-hmm. is free to play. Yeah, so they're really Royale, playing right? so like 70 everyone. bucks for a new game with campaign and multiplayer that's that you've already had for like 10 plus years of your life. Yeah, that's probably like, just a how different. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think they're like they're gonna like offer like anything, like, anything like innovative or intuitive that is yeah. that like causes that that cost increase. Yeah, uh, I mean, we you know, like it's just we'll we'll see what happens with Activision within. The, I don't know. Like again, I I the thing is, time. I'm excited for it because I don't think it could get any worse than what it's at. I I agree, and like it will add more things like on the Game Pass, and it yeah. it will kind Which of like, help really like, Microsoft like open their doors to, to yeah, lot, like a bunch of different stuff. Was it last week where I said I was done with WoW? Bro, if yeah. WoW's on Game Pass, I'm back in there. <laughs> He's hopping back on. <laughs> I'm, I'm hopping back on. Because I already pay for Game Pass monthly. Well, how, how much is the Game Pass monthly? Like $5? 15 15 bucks. All right, how much is the yeah. WoW subscription? 15 Oh. <laughs> yeah. Same amount. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's easy clap. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't see them not doing that, to be honest. But actually, it, it depends on the Game Pass tier. I think you can get it for 5 bucks. But oh, it's for scalable. Xbox, you can get you get it for 15 because it includes like mm. uh gold and then a bunch of other shit. I don't know what else it includes. I just pay it. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. So I, I just didn't know I didn't know Xbox the uh, game passes was scalable. That's that's dope. Yeah. Okay, we're all right. On to the next topic of conversation. Uh Envy Gaming signs an eight-year 2.35 million dollar contract to to operate esports events at esports stadium in Arlington, Texas. Um Which... I've never really heard of the stadium. Really? Uh, the only reason yeah. like, I've heard of it is because I have a very close friend who's a commentator. Shout out to Stu, by the way. Uh, he's a commentator there. They hired him full time to commentate their esports events. And okay. it's it's huge. It, they have like a whole like 100,000 square yeah, yeah, feet. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Space. It's crazy. Yeah. Full functional RGB stage, 90 foot displays and theatrical visuals to ensure a high quality viewing experience. They actually hosted the esports awards last year. Yeah, I did I actually I should have known that. I watched yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it had like over like 300,000 like live viewers. It was it was nuts. Yeah. But like this this kind of like brings you to the point that I'm going to bring up of you can have like esports facilities, but do you have the esports operations? What there's do you mean this by company that? there's this company called Populous. 
Yeah. And they're the ones who are kind of like the center of we can help you create esports facilities. We know the dynamic of what you're looking for. We'll build it for you. But then from there on out, it's your problem. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, you can just have like the operating it like. Yeah. Just like keeping operating it regularly, you know, yeah. isn't hard. Like it's just probably like internet stuff, like cleaning around, like custodial work, maybe if like food and bev. Like you it know? doesn't see, like, it doesn't feel hard, but I feel like for, you know, like an organization, like a team that probably doesn't have much experience in, you know, running events. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was saying. Like you can have the facility, you can have the venue, all of that can be catered for you. But yeah. if you don't have like the esports operational aspect of how to like create and cultivate communities and like put on awesome events, like weekly, monthly, and like, re- like, you know, quarterly and like uh, yearly, then there's no point in you having an esports facility. Yeah. So uh, they like I maybe esports team Arlington struggled with you know like some uh, uh, esports event ops and that's why they're outsourcing all that stuff to Envy Gaming now who probably has you know a bunch more experience and I, I didn't they were, they were they had a merger with uh, Opti Gaming recently if I'm if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken but I think so yeah and Envy and Optic but it's an eight year contract of them doing all of their their esports ops so like I'll bring the same comparison to uh, like localhost and nurtury gamers so localhost is the esports venues uh, service that has like you know a bunch of like venues around the u.s but nurtury gamers are the esports operational sides of things that handle all of like the marketing the pr the talent the events the schedules and all that stuff yeah so it's just it's just interesting to see like you know you can have like like, like people who like rent out like wedding banquets you know, like yeah. they don't, they don't know how to, they don't know how to run that stuff, but they know what people need. And then when someone needs like a wedding banquet hall, they go there, they rent it out for the day or the week or however long. And then, you know, it's just that, that constant cycle of like people who like rent that stuff out. So it's really yeah. interesting Actually, to see that they went with NBA gaming on that one. Yeah. Speaking of nerd street, uh, I know I didn't put it, I didn't throw it in there, but I saw this earlier today. Uh, I think they're hosting the, the, the new Valorant tournament or no. Yeah, so uh, Nerd Street, uh, originally they got contracted by Riot to handle all of the production and like uh, esports, I think, event organizing of like uh, VCT when it came to last year's VCT stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the contract renewed into this year, but they're pretty much like the like the production side of things. I don't know if they're still like esports I management. I swore I saw sure something Riot, about like, it this year, but mm-hmm. maybe I didn't. The, uh, but maybe I, I, I can almost guarantee that wrong. they're still working together, to be honest. Yeah. Like... Riot, Riot, I believe, hired them because they didn't have a production team like on site to handle a brand new game during a pandemic, you know. Yeah. And Nurture was like, "Oh yeah, we have all the capabilities to do that for you." And then they're like, "All right, yeah, we'll just let you do it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nur- Nurture Gamers partners with Riot Games for 2022 VCT Stage One. Okay, so it, 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 they did uh, redo the contract. Word. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, good for them. Nurture is like a staple in VCT now into into the Valorant Challengers tour, which is so, crazy because before Valorant, I don't think I've ever actually heard of Nurture. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were uh, a little on the quieter side of things. And, yeah, I'm, but I'm sure they ran they, a bunch of events, mm-hmm. but they they're just probably in games I didn't really follow. Yeah, I mean a lot of it is like um like centered niche stuff. So like they're a Philly based group, so they probably just did stuff in Philly. But the pandemic kind of gave them that like ability to to do like more, like out. universal things and branch out to across the U.S. and stuff. Yeah. So I get that's that's kind of what gave them like you know their um their like sense of like reputation and establishment in the in the esports scene and like i yeah. i used to work for nursery i worked for nursery for a couple months last year like they're a really great group very passionate so you know hats off to them 
All right, moving on to the next topic, Genesis 8. So, do you know what Genesis 8 is, Faison? Uh, no. So, when it comes to... I'm pretty, like, well-informed in eSports, I feel like. But when it comes to any, like, Smash game, Smash events, uh, it's right over my head. <laughs> so, Genesis is arguably one of the <laughs> biggest Smash majors to happen all throughout the year. And they're usually I, happening but, in January. Yeah. The only, the only Smash event I really know is probably Summit. And yeah, Evo. especially mm-hmm. Th- those those are like Evo is more staple into FGC. Yeah. And Summit is more of like upper echelon, like 12 to 16 players, like duking it out for like bragging rights. Yeah, it's like the money. top of the top. Exactly. Yeah. So Genesis is arguably like the biggest when it comes to like viewership, people who come and attend, and like overall, just like like essence of like Smash in general. What was that? I was like, dude, they probably have like the largest amount of participants too, right? Yeah. Like in their yeah. bracket. Alongside like Smash and Splash and stuff, you know, or, like any, any like like uh, event that's like in collaboration with uh, like a water park. But Genesis Six was actually the first ma- uh, major for Smash Brothers Ultimate as soon as the game dropped. Like the game dropped, and like I think like, within a couple weeks, that major yeah. happened in January of 2019. And it was it was nuts. I remember watching it at my dormitory with my friends, and it, they had over like a hundred thousand viewers. That's crazy. For like a brand new Smash game that just dropped. Yeah. And like, mind you, Smash at the time uh, was Smash 4. A lot of people were kind of like, like viewership was kind of going down. There's a lot of like hatred in the community because um, people were leaving and like Bayonetta yeah. was kind of controlling the scene. It was like Bayonetta and Cloud. So this is yeah. kind of like in essence of and like, like a new typical game. Nintendo not really pushing, you know, an esport. Yeah, literally. But now, now they're, they actually have a circuit coming this year with Panda. But uh, we had we were set to have three majors happening uh, in January of, of this year. It was Let's Make Big Moves, which happened in New York. Yeah. It was, um, I think, Glitch. Uh, I, glitch, like, nine. One, one of the two. That was supposed to happen in uh, MDVA. And then Genesis, which happens in, I believe, San Jose, California. Yeah. So... LMBM happened. It was like the second weekend of, of you know, January or like the first. Weekend. Yeah, we that's about the last one week. you went to last week, right? Yeah, we're quid one. Yeah. New York rep. Let's go. Try say baby. Yeah. And then the one in MDVA glitch got postponed to um, February. And yeah. everyone's like, okay, you know, this is the right call. That's fine. It's only like a month. But Genesis 8 is pushing theirs to April 15th. A whole like three months. That's out. crazy. Yeah. Due to uh, COVID and operational concerns, yeah. So, like, they, and it I'm was, sure it was to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I think, like, I feel like California is usually on like the harsher side, not the harsher side, but the stricter, stricter side of like COVID regulations. Yeah. So exactly. I think this is like in preparation for you know eventual like mandates that come out by the state of California, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they don't think that they'll be able to you know like February will probably be like when stuff has starts happening. Yeah, like when when the state of California starts putting down some kind of mandate, like certain amount of people in an indoor mm-hmm. facility or something, whatever it is. Yeah, some regulations. Yeah, so I'm sure that's why they pushed it all the way back to April. They're kind of hoping it'll clear up back like by then. Yeah, and and an article uh, according to Dot Esports written by Kale Michael, uh, it was postponed with costs going in the six figure range. That's just operational costs. Yeah, yeah. I- insane. And you know, just for just for you to know and everyone at home. Smash majors, the margins vary a lot by event, right? So the bigger the event, yes, they make more money, but there's also more costs included. Yeah. 
So the fact that the Smash Majors cost over $100,000 in operational costs is, is just nuts to me. And they're talking about like a lot of vendors who are going to vend at the event where we're, we're pulling out a lot of like talent was beginning to like be worried and pulling out. So they're saying, you know what, like we might just like operate at a deficit if we, and, and, and everyone's like safety and like, you know, health. If we do host it in January, let's just push it back to, to April and hope for the best. Even I think it just, yeah. it really sucks that like they had to kind of make this decision so close. Two weeks to before the, the actual event, start. Yep. Yeah, two weeks. Right, because I'm sure everybody already has everything planned out, right? Like mm-hmm. people that are flying into California like have to cancel their tickets, cancel their reservations. Yeah, I, everyone on Twitter was saying that the cost for their flight, they couldn't find a flight under $500. Yeah, I'm not surprised. For for April, yeah. So that's definitely one of, one of like the harsher aspects of that. So now people are like, people are wondering like, oh, you know, like should I even go now because everything's so expensive? And there's like a lot of lot of controversy about what to do, but you know, good luck to them. I hope they get to figure it out. Like that's that's you know, as someone who like helps run Smash Majors, that's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're just running like an event, it's a nightmare, right? Yeah, but this is a major. Yeah, but like any event, it just sucks. You know, having to uh, what's it called? Like cancel everything, right? Yeah, cancel. Push oh, it back, they they do it. offer a fifty percent refund on the venue and top eight passes and a full refund of event fees. Yeah. Which is, which is nice, you know, but a lot of, a lot of smashers um, they'll either like get the refund or they'll be like, nah, just keep it. Like y'all need it. Cause they understand like it's, yeah. it's hard out here as an event organizer, man. I just feel really bad. Like you have to can like think like the amount of work that probably went into planning this event. Right. Mm-hmm. And then just two weeks before, you, like somebody has to make the decision, like, do I keep this going and possibly yeah. put so many people at risk? Or do I cancel this and like throw away probably what, like a year's worth of hard work? Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of like not being able to host it um, in 2021 because of the pandemic. So yeah. they're coming back from like a two year hiatus. So like there was a lot of planning that got involved in this. Uh, yeah and i'm sure people with, really yeah. hyped it right like especially in california where it's like oh finally like we have an event coming back up yeah exactly and like california is actually split off into regions it's split off into north california and south california yeah so and it, it would have been nice but alas we are getting wrecked yet again yeah it sucks yeah what can you do but all right on to the main topic of tonight, LCS at LEC, Competitive League of Legends. We had our lock-in with L- uh, LCS the past week. We had the first weekend of LEC. A lot of great matches, a lot of okay ones, you know. Mostly okay but, ones. <laughs> yeah. If I had to uh, say. But, you know, I just didn't want, I didn't want to touch up on, like, the viewership aspect of it um, for, for the event, just to, like, put it in perspective for the people at home. So, at its peak... 515,000 people tuned in to watch LEC, which is the European uh, League of Legends Championship. Is an insane amount. Insane. <laughs> For the first weekend back. Yeah. Right? And that was during G2 versus Excel Esports. And I, I'm pretty sure Excel is a new team, right? Uh, no, they're, they're like an established team, but they're not very good. Okay. But gotcha. G2 kind of has the biggest fan base. Yeah. I'd I mean, say. everyone loves Carlos. <laughs> it's like G2 or Fnatic, right? Those, those are the two mm. teams that have the largest fan base. I am yeah. kind of surprised there was a G2 versus Excel that was the highest. 
Mm-hmm. Do you think it was even like a Mad Lions game or like an SK Row game that would kind of take over the leaderboard? This is gonna sound weird, but I thought it would be BDS versus Fnatic. Really? BDS is a new org into mm-hmm. the LEC, right? And I don't want to get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're a like they have a lot of they 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 used to play in the French league in like the, in the uh, ERLs, which is the European Regional League. Mm-hmm. And from what I remember, just French fans like are really really passionate about league, and okay. will like will really really watch. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, hey, we have the rest of the season to to see the numbers, but this was just for the for the first weekend. LEC averaged three hundred and thirty two thousand viewers, which is totaling insane. almost two point three million hours watched just this weekend, which is insane. Yeah, and then comparative to uh, its NA counterpart LCS, LCS only had 186,000 peak viewers. <laughs> I do actually want to touch on just, just before we start shitting on LCS for their viewership, uh, yeah. that that uh, G2 versus Excel game, it, mm. it broke an all-time viewership record for week one of LEC. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. What was the previous record holder if you, if you have the information up? Uh, I don't think I have it up. I I don't think I see it anywhere. But I just remember Carlos tweeting it out. Okay, Carlos is a, a good source, right? We can't <laughs> never can hate on Carlos. <laughs> True, <laughs> man. But yeah, the LCS peak of one hundred eighty-six thousand viewers that was for, that was for Cloud Nine versus Golden Guardians. Yeah, and yeah. Cloud9 has a very mean, big fan base, and Golden Guardians is, you know, like funded by the Golden State Warriors. So maybe there's a little bit of crossover there. I wouldn't, I don't imagine much, but like probably some. But yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not really surprised though for, um, for for the LCS viewership. I think not many people are that excited about this tournament. Yeah, it's just lock-ins. Right. Like, like, uh, yeah. The thing is, right, last year, even though it was like it didn't matter for anything, right, teams were fielding their full rosters and people actually like wanted to tune in. Mm-hmm. But like the problem is this year, most teams don't have like any rosters in. Yeah, a lot of them are working with, with the academy. We're about to get into that in the next bit. But I did just want to compare not only from LEC to LCS stats, but also to last year's stats. In an article written by Dot Esports, uh, alongside uh, Esports charts written by uh, Matthew Mutter, uh, Mutter, I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Uh, he talks about how last year, the highest amount for um, spring and summer splits for LEC. So for the spring split, a split it was 831,000 viewers during yeah. um, the season's playoffs. And then for the, sp- for the summer split, it was 843,000 viewers for, the, for both for playoffs. So the fact that we have a little less than half just for week one, I feel like it's putting us on a really good track for the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. I do also want to, I want to just throw this in here because I, I just looked it up for um, LCK's peak viewership, right? Okay. Um, the top was 671K. Jeez. It was Damon Gaming versus Gen G. Last year? Which makes sense. This year. Oh, this year. Okay. Yeah, the, I think this happened. This this game happened like two days ago, mm-hmm. which makes sense because like those are the two best teams in the league and probably the two of the most popular. 
Yeah. And then the second place is T1 versus, uh, I don't even know what team this is. Fredit Brion, I think. 601K. Wow. And then it's a massive drop off. off. (laughs) Week one, day one, T1 versus, uh, I don't even know what team this is, but it had 497K. Wow. That's that's insane. Like whenever we put these numbers into perspective for for esports, it always it always blows my mind that like the fact that like our numbers are that big. Yeah. Because I remember like way back in the day, like watching Riot Games, his Twitch channel have like 100k every day. I'm like, wow. I remember when 300k was like, holy shit, that's a lot. Yeah, and now it's like those are like like starting day numbers. Yeah. You know, it's it's absolutely impressive. But to go back to Faison's point about how a lot of LCS teams um, during the lock-ins are working with their academy rosters, uh, in an article written by Dot Esports, written by Pablo Suarez, it talks about how COVID-19 and visa issues are affecting the LCS and LEC just before the 2022 uh, season uh, starts. So written here, it says both Rogue and Vitality confirmed that they had positive cases in their LEC roster right before um, the, the split started. Yep. LEC scheduled for week four of a studio comeback, right? So that's what they're hoping for. Like, you know, by like week four, they'll, they'll be back in person, but it'll depend on the COVID situation in Germany at the time. Yeah. Teams like Dignitas and TSM are in similar boats with COVID and visa related issues. Um, so like TSM is feeling like their, their whole academy roster right now. Yeah. But the thing is, right, TSM could be fielding in some of their starting players, but they just mm-hmm. choose not to because I think while I disagree with them like not having a full roster in just yet, I think that I guess putting the Academy in is better than putting like a mishmash. Probably because like, the Academy probably has more synergy. Yeah. Right? The, like, the, the Academy team more. has more synergy together. Like they played together and whatnot. So it sucks, but I guess that, that was their best option. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest problem is like some of these teams like voluntarily chose to go and boot camp in like a different country. And then mm-hmm. now they're having trouble coming back. Who chose the bootcamp? If you know, uh, off the top of my head, I I, I know, I'm, I think Cloud Nine might have, like a couple. Like, it's, it's not like everybody, but like a couple players here and there, right? Mm-hmm. Which it's either like they chose the bootcamp or they just chose to stay a little longer in in their region, because there are I, imports yeah. that that were able to come and play for their teams, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Team Liquid, right? Bwipo and Hansama both came from Europe this season, and they're playing in the lock-in. Yeah, so, it, so it, it's kind of like weird to feel that, like, like oh, like why, why aren't these, like, how do these guys get in? Like, you know, no problem. But then established teams who've been like, you know, who have like concrete rosters are having struggles feeling like you know the regular roster. Maybe it's just a problem coming from Korea because I know I can from what I've been seeing or like the Asian countries. Because from what I've been seeing, it's mostly like the Asian imports that haven't been able, that aren't able to start. I don't know what the rules are and like how that works out. Like, yeah, every you know, every country has like their different regulations on like travel and stuff, and you know, like esports athletics. You, even like Core JJ Liquid support uh, is close to acquiring his green card, but won't be able to start for Liquid alongside fellow imports Hansama. Uh, those two will actually be splitting time in the starting lineup until the green card is acquired. Yeah. Which yeah. is interesting. And, yeah, they're gonna like rotate on and off, but you know, like <laughs> I mean, one 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 pair is gonna be better than the other. Like that's just how it's gonna go, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm what, curious to Han- see which one is better. Because mm-hmm. like Hansama and Core JJ in my eyes are like fantastic. Yeah, you know? it's just Core JJ is such like a vocal player. Mm-hmm. 
where he he kind of like shapes the game like with macro decisions and like team like shot calling and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Oh, see, so, okay, I see what you mean. Like have not having him in like the, the lineup initially. Well, that will that'll take away from like a lot of those major, major shot calling aspects. Yeah, like, but the thing is, they also have like IGO. pretty pretty strong voices on that team, right? They have mm-hmm. Blippo, who's who knows a I genius. Think, <laughs> a genius. He knows a ton about the game, right? They have Bjergsen, obviously, who it's also Bjergsen. knows a ton yeah. about the game. Like Santorin, <laughs> who played the game for fucking ever. And, and Bjergsen and Santorin used to be on the same team, right? Yep, they, like, used, they used to be on, be on TSM, team. I think, yeah. in season five. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> one, one of those two. Yeah. Wow. And uh, they they actually updated the article recently. He's talking about um, this was January 16th. So this is just two days ago, where half of the teams in the LAC have been affected by COVID. Yeah, which I'm not really surprised. Yeah, I think it's the just whole the world is COVID at this point. Right? Yeah, you know, this uh, like the Omicron variant just spreads. Like it's Delta Cron now, bro. <laughs> yeah, true. Forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah it's it sucks to see because like we were doing so good for so long right like we like, were man cases it, were it, it kind of felt right like you before know the split we're we're reaching the end of things and then all of a sudden it's like now we're back to we're back to where we were last year at this exact time you know you're not yeah <laughs> it does it does suck but it's just know, we don't top, care <laughs> like yeah. that's really what it is so everything's still open you know yeah we we got vaccinated we tried our best but you know never-ending fight against pandemics <laughs> am i yeah. right Basically. but just to yeah just to top things off like cloud nine in their group went three and oh uh evil geniuses in their group went three and oh kind of expected uh 100 thieves lost I the fly quest eg was the most surprising to go three and i thought they would maybe lose a game you think so i i thought to, they were still um, the powerhouse that they were from from last split i agree but i mean they, they made some pretty big changes right where they changed their mm-hmm. mid laner to uh, the rookie Jojo Pune, and then mm. they brought in Vulcan into the support lineup. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't know. I thought, I, I guess not surprised, but I, I thought that they might have lost against Team Liquid. Yeah, yeah, and then TTL being two and one, but that's that's for for LCS for LEC. We have Rogue and Fnatic both at three is three zero to start up the split. Mad Lions G two and Misfits both starting at two and one, and then everyone else is starting either either one and two or zero and three. So that's yeah. kind of expected in my opinion, right? Uh, like yeah, SKs yeah. was a little underwhelming. I, I thought they'd at least be like a two and one team to start uh, off the SK's, season. Eh, I'm not surprised by SK. I think there are a really? couple there are a couple big shockers for me here, mm-hmm. which is Vitality. Uh, Vitality yeah. was kind of you know thought to be the super team coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Right, they bring in perks back from Cloud Nine, and obviously everybody knows perks. Um, they take Karzy from Mad Lions, who you know won. I think they won the split. Yeah, they won Summer yeah, Split, won last, split year. last year. Yeah, they brought they brought back Alfari from Team Liquid, who people you know saw as the best Western top laner. Mm-hmm. Alfari is good. Can't confirm. Yeah, they they have Self Made, who like top three jungler. In, in his peak, he was a top three jungle. Jungle, maybe not anymore. I'm not actually sure. And then Lebrov, who's like relatively okay. Like he's good. He's not the best, but he's not the worst. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm curious to see how this how the rest of the split, fixes like, itself shapes up. 
Yeah. Yeah, because this is this is uh this goes back to my point I brought up last week about why I don't like super weeks. Mm-hmm. Right? Because this could have just been one bad week for vitality, right? Yeah. But they played three out of the like I don't know, 19 games they play in the season or so, however many it is. Mm-hmm. And they lost all three of them. Yeah. So that's that's a rough momentum starter, right? Like yeah. you, gotta go, you go back to the drawing board and you're like, what are we doing wrong? We thought we had it. <laughs> we thought we yeah. had the formula cracked, but guess we don't. I'm also kind of surprised that Rogue is 3-0. Uh, they made some pretty big roster moves over the offseason mm-hmm. where they sold Inspired to EG who was probably the best jungler in Europe at the time, right? And they sold Han Sama to Team Liquid. And they replaced Inspired with Marong, who has never had, like, a really great competitive showing anytime he's been a starter. Mm-hmm. So it is surprising to me to see them 3-0. I thought they would have at least lost the game or two. But then again, it's always it's best of one, so who really fucking knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe well, maybe they'll surprise us this week. Who knows? Yeah, those, the way those the, are the scheme the, works out. Those are probably the two biggest shockers coming into LEC. I guess I also thought Mad Lions might have been a little worse, right? Because they have um, they have two rookies in the mid. Like their mid laners are rookie, and so is their support. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that team to like click and gel so fast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for you're talking about Rogue, right? No, uh, Mad Lions. Oh, Mad Lions. Okay. Uh, for the, I mean, their first game was against Vitality. Um, yeah, they brought out the Yasuo Diana comp. Yeah. Uh, and then their second game, mm-hmm. they also played Yasuo Diana. I don't, they also ran Karthus. Yeah. Which isn't surprising yeah. to me with a composition like that where you're kind of very, um, uh, AD heavy, you kind of need AP somewhere on the map, mm-hmm. and especially with Karthus's wind uh, wall reducing MR for anyone yeah. like it hits, and like Diana just kind of goes in. Yeah, Karthus is literally just there to press R, though. yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then they played uh, Mad Lions played uh, SK on day two, they um, lost that game, right? That that was the 55 minute uh, Diana got picked by picked at um, picked at Wraiths and died. Um, uh, I think so. Um, it was Gragas Zin, Corky Ezra Alistar versus Gwen Diana Yasuo Jin Nautilus. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the game. Um, in uh, what's it called? Elioya got went to went over the wall to do Raptors and then got picked and died, and then they lost the game. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was the game with four elders. We, we were like texting each other during it. Yeah, yeah, they had um, what is it here? They had yeah, dragons, they had Chemtech Soul. Yeah, the like, game was a fucking fiesta. Yeah, that, that game was a whole fiesta. And then Mad played. Um, yeah, I mean, th- those they just played two days, so. Yeah, well, they played what, the what third game against G two, yeah. I think. Or yeah, I'm trying to see which here. Year they won. I just don't remember what comps they had. Let me roll down because it seems it feels like they're really good at one style. And I kind of wonder how they'll adapt as a team when stuff gets banned out. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, it's not. It's not giving me the third game here. Weird. Hold on. Just keep talking. I'll look it up. 
<laughs> Word. Um, I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> I, we're both <laughs> looking for it. <laughs> I, we, we both have we have so many tabs open, guys, because we're trying to keep up with like a bunch of news and and stuff. Oh, this like- was the game. Fucking G two trolled it. They they drafted like uh, yeah, they drafted fucking Akshan top, Viego jungle, Cassidy mid, and then Jin Yumi bot lane. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh, and four, you mean? Oh, and two. A hard into that in draft. No, okay. Wasn't this the game where Yankos was just constantly bothering Elioya? Like, like, for like the first like five minutes of the game, he just was out even just like in his jungle at all times, just being like, what's good, bro? Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember that game. Yeah. And then you have the seven and no Jinx. Oof. Yeah, they just fed everything to Jinx. Yeah. Savages. Okay, but speaking of picks, all right, I have stats here that talks about picks and bans from both LEC and LCS over the weekend. All right. All right. Let me hear. I'm going to talk. All right. I, I want people to guess first before I go into them. Who do you guys think is the most banned champion? Um, in, in the Just keep it in your mind, right? I'm going to get into it now. But get, get that champion in their mind, right? For LEC, the most banned champion with 14 bans was Caitlyn. I'm not surprised. Broken AD carry <laughs> has the most range, like you know, starting of the game at least. Yeah, and just like like I feel like with these and, items, uh, she has like a good a good amount of non, control. I don't even think it's the items. I think it's the teleport changes. <laughs> because the you biggest so? thing for the biggest thing for Caitlyn was that like you always want to be pushing up and put like pushing up right mm-hmm. and applying pressure because you have more and range applying pressure because you have more range. You want to grab yeah. power plates early, like get a CS lead. So mm-hmm. like she's usually paired with like a range support, and that makes the lane even more oppressive. Yeah. So with the with the new teleport changes, you can't TP towards within I think the first like fourteen 15 minutes. Well, I think fi- fourteen minutes. Fourteen right? or fifteen minutes, right? By, by the Whatever. time power uh, tower plating falls. Yeah, but basically for the whole early game. Mm-hmm. And the the biggest thing I always used to be was that like if they draft Caitlyn Morg or like Caitlyn Morg or something like that, right? You draft like a winning top lane or like a pushing top lane that can at some point like your bot lane can get a ward into the last bush and TP behind and like set up a kill with your jungler. Mm-hmm. With this, with with the TV changes, like that, completely gets rid of that play. And like, as long as they have good vision control, they could see any gank that's coming. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, there's there's no real like there's no real hard counterplay besides that teleport. Yeah, exactly. So, and like, once you kill them one time, like, then they have to start playing scared and like more defensive. And they're already right? playing scared, right? Like, yeah. And it's it's and like Caitlyn Caitlyn has traps that she can put into like the river and stuff that if she ever like if they didn't even like didn't have vision or anything it would help out with control. But all right, would you believe me if the next most banned champion was Twisted Fate? Yes. At thirteen bands. I'm not even surprised. And then Lee Sin with twelve, Diana and Thresh both with nine, and Renekton and LeBlanc at eight. Yeah, I'm, so, I mean the, none of those really surprise me. Like TF would just provide so much map control. Especially with the way the mid lane meta kind of is, it's usually just like into mages, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, he, right, right he now usually, it's a lot of mages. Yeah. He usually can get the early push depending on the matchup, and then he can just roam. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then it's... Lee Sin, I'm not. I don't know. People just always play Lee Sin. Lee Sin's always been strong. I don't. I don't yeah. remember like a season where Lee Sin was weak. To be honest. Yeah, like if you're good enough at the champ, you just play him. Yeah, the mechanics always carried. Literally, but you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting that the um, guess which lane had the most diversity. The top lane, it's top lane, 
Again, I'm not yeah. surprised. I'm telling you, the teleport changes, dude. <laughs> I actually we saw it did a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this might this might have been like revolutionary for the for the game state. We saw um let me count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen unique champions over the weekend at LEC, with Renekin being played the most. Uh, yeah. With Jungle, Jungle, it was mainly Zin, Viego, and uh, J4. Yeah. With Viego winning like none of his games, <laughs> maybe like me, Viego. Yeah. Got, <laughs> he got played like seven times, and let me see. I think here. it won got, one game. Yeah, it got picked seven times, and it won one game. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, Viego is just kind of a safe jungler to pick. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be safe, but obviously, it's not. If it's fucking one and six. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I like Zin's just carrying the meta right now. And then uh, right now, mid. Okay, I want to talk about mid lane. I'm I'm molding about mid. I'm super. We, we're back to mages, right? For, for, so, for so long, I felt like mid was dominated by assassins, you know? Yeah. Like Akali, Zed, Fizz. Now now the most played champion at LEC mid was LeBlanc. Which, uh, yeah, I'm not really surprised. With a positive win rate. And then it goes like Yasuo and then Vex. The three games of Vex, nobody won a game. Yeah, no, no Vex is one. I think players just don't know how to play Vex to like its full it, its full extent just yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember one of the commentators talking about like how she struggles. Um, like she she does well in team fights when there's a lot of chaos, but in like uh mm-hmm. like single handed stuff, it's a, a little harder. Yeah, because you she also get, like, she a, can't a be like your fear. primary engage. Mm-hmm. She's like she's a secondary engage, right? So like you have like a J four or somebody go in first, and then like while they're trying to focus on that, Vex comes in like hits it hits the whole team with a fear or something. Yeah, and then they all get bursted from from there. Um, then we see uh, a lot of quirky. Okay, I, this been on my mind a bunch. Is this AP quirky hybrid mid lane? Yeah. Do you know what's going on, Faisal? It's just it does so much fucking damage. It, the rockets do so much damage. Yeah, and even even like I because I play Corky in air just so exclusively air, and his W burn with package is insane. Yeah, I was gonna say I the reason Corky gets played so much and feels really good. I think it's not even because of the rockets. The rockets are just like an added bonus. Mm-hmm. I think the ability to pick up package before a major team fight, and it's literally just the better version of Rumble, uh, Rumble. and it just melts. Yeah melts it's actually nuts because like it like you mentioned it's a better version of rumble, rumble ulti it just it pushes them all to the side and they, they they're slowed and they're burned for like yeah. crazy amounts of damage even like even when like they're already off of the all while the you're poking down of rockets yeah exactly when you have your your q and r spam ready ready to go and like, doesn't your e shred uh, doesn't quirky e shred like uh armor yeah but armor? he like let's be like he's not really ever going to be getting in in that range with uh with the ludens build mm-hmm at least he, he wants to keep like from until a distance. late. Yeah, he wants to he wants to play from a range and then like package mm-hmm. in and like split you know split up the team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's why I think Corky's so good right now is because you can like I don't know if they buffed package. I don't know what happened with it. The AP I think the AP scaling is just nuts. Yeah, so honestly. I think it just finally clicked where like oh I can pick this up right before a major team fight because you know for a fact that like. You know, first dragon, most teams are going to try to contest, right? Or like second mm-hmm. dragon, most like people are going to try to contest dragons and heralds. So you just pick up your package. With, yeah, with, with these new dragons, you, you just pick up your package and then you're ready to go for. You're at the strongest you'll ever be. Yeah, it's a Jeff Bezos buff, really. Yeah, <laughs> Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call it every time I go to pick it up. <laughs> but all right, all right, and then I I know you mentioned this like forever ago, but Victor 
is a very highly contested pick at LEC right now. Even even in like Korea and China, right? Like yeah, Korea, China, he's LCS. A lot. He's he's, a, he's just good. He's won like all he, three games that he's been played today uh, for over the weekend in LEC. He like the thing is he can survive most matchups. All right, mm-hmm. and again, most of these most of these matchups are like they're not horrible for him, so he can survive laning phase. Victor's always been good when he can get like two items, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that you know most games kind of last to that point. They last like long enough where he scales hard enough and can just output damage. Yeah, and he has great wave clear. His his Q gives him movement speed once it's leveled uh, and yep. evolved. And then his his W is not only like a great engage tool, but it's also like, a great like zoning tool. Like, yeah. You can like you don't even have to like W on top of somebody. You can just W behind somebody or like in front of somebody to force them into a position that they don't want to be in. Yep. So it's it it's just crazy. Like I love this new mage mid lane. To be honest, I'm ex- I'm I'm excited for the season. It is. I actually really like the, the like the meta. I feel like it's so different. I think it's healthy. I yeah. Uh, and uh, of course, everyone's playing like orange. Except top, for bot you know? lane. Bot lane kind of sucks. But yeah, bot lane. I was just about to get into it. The majority of bot lane over LEC has been Jin and Jinx being at ten and nine respectively. Yeah, and play, I think uh, even even in LCS, it's like Jinx, Aphelios, and Jin. Right. That that mm-hmm. seems like the like the trio of eighty carries. Yeah, uh, Ezreal and Aphelios were tied at three uh, three yeah. picks. I, I but, think like most teams yeah. just pick something that's kind of safe like jinx and Jin just scale like crazy hard exactly just and, gets and 80 it's like a, <laughs> yeah it's just a late game insurance you know yeah and you, you just you just funnel all of your kills into them you know yeah plus like Jin, i i uh is like a great like a, uh, objective taker with his ulti he can steal yep. dragons he can steal barons he can pick your, t- your team off even if like they're trying to get an objective jinx has her rocket insane fucking momentum think- as soon as she gets a kill the biggest thing is like they're safe AD carries, right? You can pick mm. them early and like it sets up, you know, like a top lane counter pick or a mid lane counter pick, right? And the way the bot lane meta is is that supports are usually just roaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like top Jin lane a lot, can, especially recently too. Yeah. So like Jin can survive in a one v two. Jinx can survive in a one v two. Like all these champs have enough range where they can survive, mm-hmm. which is the biggest yeah. reason why I think they're getting picked. I, I, you know, I agree because right now it's not a good meta for AD carries. They just get, they just get bopped. <laughs> I don't even no, think it's no that bad, what. right? Because if they can get items, they do damage. They, they do, but I've just seen so many TikToks of <laughs> pro streamers <laughs> playing AD carry and getting like one shot, and they're like, oh, yeah. "Fun game." <laughs> it's definitely not the worst AD carry meta, but it's not the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can see what you mean. And then uh, to top it all off with support, uh, we've seen a lot of. Um, What's this guy's name again? I forgot. Rakan. Uh, Rakan. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I was thinking uh, Akshan for some reason because it sounds so familiar. Yeah, yeah. Rakan. I'm also not uh, really surprised because mm-hmm. uh, EU has some really like just famous Rakan players, right? Rakan is so good. Yeah, like, he just runs into your whole team, charms them because he's so dashing, and he just he just hops back. He's like, I did yeah, my job. <laughs> the thing was, the thing with Rakan is that you have to be like kind of creative in your engages, like finding mm-hmm. angles and stuff like that. So like, fanatics support Hillsong. He's like insane at doing that that's why Burkhans is usually banned against him yeah i think he got it you one don't game give anyone against, their staples. i think he got it the first game they played and then after that it was banned every game yeah sounds like it makes sense all right yeah, i'm not, that's, again, that's I'm not really surprised with engaged supports because mm-hmm. they could just yeah. roam and make make plays on the rest of the map I mean yeah it's it was Nautilus Lulu Yumi Alistar Nami like going down the list respectively but all right, all right, FaZe. Now I'm gonna have you guess the bands for LCS. 
I've already been kind of looking at them. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're the same. <laughs> yeah, they're the same. I'm not surprised. Again, most yeah. of the bands are almost exactly the same. The the meta yeah. is, I think, pretty standard across the the regions. Obviously, you get a couple like weird things here or there, but like it it feels pretty set right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw we saw Trinimir top in LCS. Yeah, I didn't get to catch that was that hype. Game. Uh, but I mean, like, also, like, top for LCS also had the most diversity with uh, Gwen being played five times, Greg is four times, and then Sion and Camille three times. And then yeah. you still you still have Jungle with Zin, uh, Viego, Lee Sin, Garbage. Viego, of course, still losing all of his games, <laughs> most of his yeah. games. And then mid, mid, we saw a lot more Corky Victor, uh, in LCS than we did in LEC. Yeah, I think six teams games each in LCS kind of are more willing to handshake. Like one team gets quirky, the other team gets Victor, and then we just play it. <laughs> yeah, instead of like double baiting it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like I don't know if you remember. It, it used to be like quirky is your mid lane matchup, and like that's all that would that they would play in pro. Really? What was yeah. this? What meta was this? Uh, I don't remember. 2019, 2020? Maybe like season nine, season ten. Yeah. Maybe wow. further back. I don't remember, but I just remember every game it'd be like one team gets quirky, the other team gets Zir. And that's what it kind of feels like in LCS right now. One team gets Victor, the other team gets quirky. Yeah. And even even the same, like Jinx got played 12 times. And uh according to the stats here, she has a 83% win rate, winning 10 of her 12 games. So like yeah. Our, you know, the arcane buff <laughs> really, <laughs> really coming in clutch. Yeah, where's the, where's was, the vibe was, though? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, maybe for the lore, <laughs> the commentators kept it, bro, plugging team, it every time Jinx team, got a kill. It was so funny. <laughs> teams play Victor, teams play Jace, teams play Jinx. Where I need, I need Warwick, the Singe. Yeah, I need Warwick, Singe, and Vi ASAP because Caitlyn just keeps getting, keeps getting banned, bro. We're not seeing Caitlyn. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to see Caitlyn at all this split. And I feel like if we do, even if we do, I feel like, like, I don't know why, but I feel like she'd lose that one game <laughs> that she's a part of. I just have this weird feeling. And it was she like, won oh, both Caitlyn games in lost. LCS. Huh? She won both games in LCS. Did she, 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 was did she get picked? Oh, she did get picked. Yeah. 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 yeah so it was, um, I don't remember the second game, but the first game, I remember it was 100 Thieves. Uh, they were against Golden Guardians, where mm-hmm. it was Caitlyn Lux versus. I don't remember the other bot lane match. Uh, Thresh Jinx, yeah. Mm-hmm. Caitlyn Lux versus Thresh Jinx, and then like the uh, hundred these just kind of demolished them bot lane. Oh, wow. Even with like Lux dying, like just inting his ass off. <laughs> Sound about right. Lux is very squishy, but I mean that's okay. So I was I was dead wrong then. I didn't even realize. I didn't even see that Caitlyn got played. I just thought she'd get banned. I was LEC the entire time, but wow. And then support, we just we saw six games of, of, of Thresh, three of them being wins, five games of Nautilus, three of them being losses, and then Lulu, Leona, and then Rakan, um, yeah, four like, three, respectively. The meta is about the same again, where it's like engaged supports and then a couple enchanters thrown around here or there. Yeah, pretty much. But that's that's kind of everything we have for LCS and LEC stats as of right now. That's a really dope website. Uh, if you guys wanted to go to gol.gg, they have a bunch of information that uh, when it comes to like player stuff, rankings, overviews, picks and bans, it's a really great website. Definitely check them out. Right. Now we're going to be going into the next topic. Uh, this one was more like business sense, but I did want to talk about it because I love these kind of activations where Team Vitality partners with Adidas 
to create an open tour roster called Yellow Stripes. So what to exactly sum it all up, is that? Yeah, because there's there's a, there's a little bit that goes into this, right? So Vitality, in an article written up from Dot Esports written by Sage Dutain, he talks about how Vitality has partnered with Adidas to create Yellow Stripes, a semi-pro team of rising starters in the French scene. And I remember you mentioned the French scene earlier. Um, the latest collab of the near five-year partnership between Vitality and Adidas. So they're in a five-year contract together uh, right now. All of the new uh, Vitality members will receive the same treatment provided to the org's main lineup, even though they're just a, um, an amateur team. And this is including playing in the practice facility that Vitality plays in and working with um, Vitality's LEC performance staff. Adidas will also provide yellow stripes with, with their own jerseys alongside a professional athlete, quote unquote, who will act as a mentor to guide the players through the early stages of their career. Dude, EU is doing it so well with their like Agreed. lower with their lower league men. Yeah. They're, they're really just building hype up for it. This is this gives like you know like those like tier two tier three teams the ability to kind of like step into the spotlight you know yeah and get some recognition as yeah. like the, the good players and I, the the viewership for uh, the European Regional League is just going up and up. I yep. think last year their like uh their their final tournament which is like European Masters it it peaked at I think three hundred like seventy k. Jeez, these are oh tier two God. teams playing. Yeah, these are tier two events. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, right, like getting I that don't kind know, of viewership. Like, like LCS probably peaked at what? LCS finals viewership. I don't know. It was probably 2021. Yeah, LCS spring 2021 peak was 415K. So pretty close. Or, you know, about maybe like 75% yeah. of, of a tier one, tier one org, like about like the biggest esport. In, in the world, like that's impressive, compared, and it's compared really, to a tier two league, like yeah, like, like backed by like, like a clothing sponsor. <laughs> no, but it's, dude, the, the URLs have some crazy sponsors. Yeah, I'm like not a, even kidding. Like a lot of football clubs, like soccer clubs, get involved, like Barcelona, like oh wow, a lot of like the ma- major names. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a lot of them are involved in the URLs. That's which so is dope. why yeah. it's so like big because they kind of cultivated I mean, like this, like what like this national like pride that these countries mm-hmm. have like yeah by, like splitting them into like you know you have the french league you have super league which is the, the spanish league like you have the polish league or like the polish league or whatever it is mm-hmm. like every every like region kind of has their own league and then th- the winners of those all get pushed into like a european masters tournament mm-hmm. and then you know you decide which which you know league came out on top that's so cool. That's so awesome. <laughs> that's what, that's what I that's what I've always wanted esports to be, and that's what it's becoming. That's so dope. Like, cause that's that's the beauty of Europe, right? You have like all these other countries surrounded by each other. Here in NA, it's just kind of like Canada, US, Mexico. Yeah. You know? Like, woohoo! You know, but like over there, it's like a bunch of countries next to each other. Like, like, yeah, we got beef. I'll see you on the rift. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Also, just league isn't league isn't as big here. That's just that's just the fact. Like, if you look I feel, at the I feel numbers, like it was big just, here to start with right like and then like it, europe yeah. just did everything better so it just grew like the rate at which it grew was just faster but i also think the thing is like most people it, like most younger kids aren't going into league or like computer games right mm-hmm. like i feel like the u.s has always been majority console gaming which you I can mean, see I, by the rise of like Fortnite, call of duty yeah like battle royales Apex. i guess are kind of like the thing yeah. here Battle Royales, yeah, definitely. Because like I always draw the comparison to like 
like European Counter-Strike, with you know, it's always just had like a, a fantastic fan base, you know. So like, yeah. like the European fans just have like a lot of like pride when it comes to that kind of stuff. And there's that that same sense of pride in NA. Everyone from NA always just says NA's cursed. <laughs> yeah, we won that one major. That's all that matters. That's all we need. That's all we need. But yeah, it's it's really dope to see like Adidas doing these kind of activations like in a business sense and like giving these like you know these these rookies these young yeah it's, young it's guys not a just like a jersey sponsorship right yeah it's not it's just like a white label like hey here bam our presence they're actively involved in the esport which is really cool to see and like trying to like make the scene a better place you know that, that yeah. that's the kind of stuff that I can respect so shout out Adidas but all right now um the last topic we're going to touch up on tonight uh is the lck is going to finally feature an analyst desk this year which about damn time and you know honestly i didn't know that they didn't have one to be honest i saw this no, in, so... in an article written by dot esports um it like it talks about how the english broadcast for the lck is expanding and is now set to feature an analyst desk um managed by i think wolf schroeder a commentator from south korea alongside his friends Atlas, Valdis, and Chronicler. Yeah, what the, what they basically did is they just took the casters and gave them their own analyst desk mm-hmm. in between games. What they used to do, which is kind of crazy to me, is that they'd cut over to the Korean analyst desk, and then they'd have their translator translate the uh, the Korean analyst desk and like say okay. it back in English for the English crowd. But that'd be like some that's like some downtime, right? Like the co- the Korean analyst desk is talking. Then you have the English translator. No, after no, no. she do it. Like, she do it live. Oh, while they're doing it. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So I guess that, like that minimizes the downtime. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, that feels like a kind of like a band-aid solution, you know. You know what? It, you know what I really think it was. I think that LCK didn't really like kind of have the viewership to justify it at the time. Mm-hmm. And now, like again, just league viewership all around the world has gone up and up in the past like yeah. two or three years. So I think now they're like. There's let's more value more, in it for them. Yeah, let's make a more refined product. Yeah, like we're, I mean, we're popular I mean, in the in the West, so let's just let's do it. Mm-hmm. Give give viewers that like engaging experience of like, oh yeah, here's the post game breakdown of like how we think it went, and like it got to give you like something to think about that you probably didn't think about before. I also I also actually now that I think about it, one of the bigger problems was that they never had enough casters to do it like an analyst desk. Now really? they have like four or five. Before it always used to be about like three. Okay. And now they're kind of expanded their entourage, the you know the, the team. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, good for them. You know, I I'm excited to see what what that kind of comes about. Maybe I'll watch an LCK at four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it before. You're a savage. I know you watch the vods. Yeah. Brett, is there anything else you want to touch on today, Faison? Uh, I don't think so. I think we got about everything that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, just talk to your your ears off. <laughs> About yeah. a bunch of picks and bands, teams for the first weekend of LCS and LEC, and uh, some juicy tea with Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. <sighs> Which well, I'm still so right. excited for. Yeah, same. It's it's going to be a good time. But we'll, maybe we'll, we'll see the actual, like, you know, fruits of their labor happen in about, like, a year to a year and a half when, like, the deal actually goes through. All right, everyone, that's going to be it from us. You make sure to check us out on uh, link, what, what's the link tree again? Uh, link tree link whatever it is slash esports diff yeah i don't know follow follow us on apple Podcasts on spotify uh we're also on amazon stitcher yeah anywhere you can get a podcast we're gonna be at link tree slash esports diff but it's like it'll be in the it'll be in the description yeah and you guys can check us out there all right thank you guys for tuning in we'll catch you guys next week peace see you guys